As a teenager, you were controlled and confined by what others demanded and expected of you. In your 20s, you were consumed by what others thought of you. In your 30s, you realized you were still conflicted by what you truly thought of yourself. But now, in your 40s and beyond, it's finally time to live fearlessly, fabulously, and fully you. Let's go. Hey sis, welcome to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm your host, Myra Rollins. Hey ladies, welcome back to In the Middle with Myra. And as always, thank you so much for meeting me here in this space. Um, as I always tell you, this is part of the highlights of my week. And um, mainly because each week I bring you something that I am confident that will make your life without being dramatic better. And today is an exclamation to that point. I have on the um, on the phone, on the podcast today, um, one of my favorite people. Her name is Dr. Kristen Guillory. So, hey, hon, how are you? Hey, hey, I am good. Thank you for having me. How are you? I am so good. And my listeners can tell when I'm smiling. So right now I'm just teasing ear to ear. Because um, I always just appreciate your energy and just whenever I'm in your space and talking to you, it, it is literally just magnetic and authentic. So thank you for being here. And um, I'm going to give you the opportunity to just introduce yourself to the ladies in the middle. So go ahead and do that for me. Okay, awesome. Well, I was I was smiling as well from here to here as you were saying that. So I am Dr. Kristen Guillory. I am a really, really proud. Anybody who knows me knows this. I'm a very proud aunt. I am a solo traveler, you know, pre-COVID and post-COVID. I <laughs> Look, I had to, anywho, was going to host a trip for 21 women to Copenhagen, Colombia in March. And two days after my arrival, had to cancel it due to everything. So anywho, mm-hmm. do solo travels. But speaking of travels, I also host trips for women, international self-care trips for women, because for me, my self-care is non-negotiable. Professionally, I do that, but professionally, I am the owner of KS Guillory Enterprises, which is a consulting firm, and we provide coaching, training, and support in the areas of mental health, self-care, diversity, and public speaking. I am a public speaking coach. I help my clients experience freedom and make impact and income with their voices, and it's really important for me to support my clients in truly being who they are on stage, not hiding any of it. I've been speaking for a long time, was a professor for 12 years in social work and counseling, have written a couple of books. And overall, I am grateful and try to incorporate music and humor in everything I do when appropriate, when appropriate. (laughs) Did y'all catch all that? Like she does all the things and she does them so well. And so in this interview, I could go like, 50 million thousand ways and so I'm going to try just to focus and not to go on a squirrel tangent so today what I want to focus on is when you and um, um, Dr. G you know that my audience is women 40 and above who are just trying to maximize their lives just period point blank yes. and um, yes. so the one of the terms that I heard you say is my self-care is non-negotiable. Like, what does that mean? And what does that look like? 
Oh, I'm so glad you asked that first. So <laughs> what, and I mean that like my self-care is non-negotiable. I protect my peace at all costs. And what I mean by that is I, number one, if I'm not good, I'm not good for myself and I'm not good for anyone else. I remember reading a quote a couple of years ago that said exhaustion is a ploy of the enemy. Hmm. Exhaustion is a tool of the enemy because when we're exhausted, we're not productive. When we're exhausted, we're probably irritable and rude and we're not doing things at the level that we should. So for me, my self-care for me, so my definition of self-care is living well. And what that means is I'm living well spiritually, mentally, physically, I'm fully present and I'm open to what God has for me. And so that means I incorporate boundaries. That means I wake up in the morning and before, now I try to do this, it's not every time, but I try <laughs> to wake up and not look at email and social media. I start my day with journaling and affirmations and writing out my to-do list and writing out prayers and stretching. I'm striving to start my day with either hiking or walking around the neighborhood because that just does something for me. I strive not to check email and things after 10 p.m. at night. I say no and I say not now. And if I get silly messages and Facebook. So for example, if somebody messages me like, Hey queen, I'm not responding to that. I don't know you. What <laughs> you to call you king? I don't know you. <laughs> or if it's a question that I don't have to answer, I do. I'm really mindful of if I respond to this right now, how is that going to impact me? Cause I can't control anybody else. So I'm very mindful of mental self-care and then protecting peace for me, also a part of my self-care just means, okay, if I engage in this, if I look at this, if I dedicate or attach my emotions or feelings to this, is that going to get in the way of my peace? It doesn't mean that I'm not doing things to help people and sometimes get tired, but it just means if I'm not good, I'm not good for anyone else. I just got back from another five-day self-care getaway. I try to do self-care trips every couple of months. And I went to Marble Falls, Texas, which is right outside of Austin, got a cabin and was there for five days just to be in nature. I listened to water sounds. I I do ratchet Zumba. I pray. I drink my water. Again, I'm human. I have days where I can do better. But yeah, my, my self-care is non-negotiable. And it was negotiable just five years ago when I was in captivity to activity and I didn't stop and I didn't rest. And it was when I noticed that some women I was mentoring got sick because they were trying to be just like me. They were trying to say, oh, Dr. G is this busy. Let me be like her. Well, they didn't factor in two things. One, they only saw me a couple hours a week. Two, we all have different capacities to handle stuff. And three, they had things going on in their lives that I didn't. And when I saw that they got sick, I was like, I am not implementing self-care for myself, which means I'm not being a good, exa and good example for these women I mentor. Wonderful. You know, you obviously are living that because you rattled off about 10 to 20 practical <laughs> ways in which you do self-care that it's so authentic that if you weren't really doing it you would not be able to do that so quickly you said you journal you do affirmations there's physical activity um you do um technology on a low <laughs> you don't do a lot of it um, until you get your day started um you give yourself um getaways you look, look at your diet and there are so many things and then the one thing i heard you say is that you 
in my words, you make sure to give your best yes. And so as women, that is a struggle for us. Like when someone asks us to do something, I don't know, we've been socialized that we need to be able to help. And so it's hard for women to say no. So can you give the women in the middle just some advice and encouragement on the importance on giving your best yes and some practical ways to do that? Absolutely. And I love that. I love Best Yes. Do you, is that the title title of one of your books? You know, it should have been, but no, it's somebody else's book, but, the, but okay. that I thought about and sat on too long, but. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. It's still, it's still a fantastic because your best yes is not necessarily telling, it is saying no, but it's saying yes to you or yes to your capacity. So a couple things, this may not be practical, but one thing that I'll, I'll share is for us to remember, for those who are believers, for us to remember that we're not Jesus mm-hmm. and we've got to remove ourselves from the pedestal. I had myself on the pedestal for a long time. Like I said yes to everything. And if I said no, I felt guilty. I felt less than because I was attaching my worth to what I could do. Like I was attaching my worth to helping people. And I was like, I have to be able to answer every question. And I remember a friend said to me that a friend said to him, Hey dog, uh, your friends don't need Jesus. Cause they have you. <laughs> That's good. Right? Like you do everything. Why do they need Jesus? Cause you can answer everything. And I think we feel that pressure to have to do that because especially 40 and over because it's you're supposed to quote unquote be at a certain level and you're supposed to have had this and maybe we overcompensate by trying to help people or being a people pleaser where if we realize that who we are is enough and I have the right to say no to other people because that's saying yes to me. So a practical way to say yes to self is to tell someone not now. I know no is difficult. So maybe if you say not now, if someone, I'll give you a prime example, a woman that that I'm supporting right now through some self-care coaching, which I don't really do a lot. I just have been led to support people behind the scenes during this, during this COVID season. And she said, Fridays for me, that's my day just to to be by myself. Like that's my day, but I feel really guilty because my friends want to hang out on Fridays and go have dinner or have a virtual dinner. But Friday is my day. And she said, I am afraid that I'm not going to have any Fridays because I don't tell them that this is my self-care day. I said, well, how about this? You're not telling them no to hanging out. You're telling them no to the day. So I said, when they reach out, and want to hang out on that Friday. What if you say, you know what? How's tomorrow? How's Saturday at like 7 p.m.? I'm really trying to make Friday my self-care day, but girl, I really want to hang out with you. Can we do tomorrow? Mm-hmm. So it's a not now. That's one thing. And then the other one for your best yes is to look at just because I can do this doesn't mean I should. A lot of us are really brilliant at many things, but just because we can do it doesn't mean we should do it. I am a really good researcher. For example, I was an evaluation specialist for a really big school district. I have a PhD where I had to do research and I'm really good at research, but I don't market myself as a research consultant. I implement research into what I do. So again, it's thinking just because I can do this, should I? And then how is this yes adding value to my life? Or how is this yes adding value to someone else's life. So it's just really all of that stuff. Like we're not Jesus. 
Exactly. And, you know, I think that oftentimes it's also a struggle because especially women of our age, we've been doing and serving in a certain role for a very long time. And oftentimes our identity is we are that person. Like we have built our, like you said, just um, our confidence in this is who I am. Like my friends and my family see me as the person who can fix all these things and do all these things. And so it is oftentimes having to let go of that identity and that role of the go-to person. And that can be very difficult. So to that woman who says, yes, I want to say no, but this is who I am in my family. And I don't, and I'm scared to lose that role, but I'm also exhausted in this role. What encouragement would you have for her? Yeah. So the first encouragement, I like questions. So the first question would be, do you want that role to be slightly different? You know that this is your role, but you also know you're exhausted. So do you want anything to change? If the answer is yes, I'll take us to the next one. But if it's no, then there's no point in moving. There's not like if you don't want to change, if you don't, and I, you know what I mean? And that you have every right, every right. But if you're thinking this is my role in my family and my, and my job, but I'm exhausted and I want things to change if that's the thing. So the next one is to look at, and I believe in this, maybe the mental health background. I believe in this It's identifying those toxic thoughts. It's identifying what's making me feel like I have to do everything. Like, what is it? Is it that, well, because I'm a mom, I have to be superwoman because I'm a woman. What is it? And then I do challenge you to number one, get those thoughts out. How do you get them out? You journal them, you pray them out, you talk them out because as Dr. Caroline Leaf, who's a neuroscientist and a believer, has found in her years and years and years of research has shared that when we suppress negative and toxic thoughts, it literally, y'all get ready for this, (laughs) it literally causes brain damage. Wow. For real. Like, look, my background is mental health. I've been a therapist. When I found that out earlier this year, it was life changing. Hmm. That is life changing when you, so we already know, okay, this thought is not a good thought, but when you know that it causes brain damage and, and I mentioned she's a believer, so she connects it to the word. She connects science to the word and says, the word says to take those thoughts captive. Mm -hmm. Here's to take them captive because it's damaging our brain. And when it damages our brain, we're not able to fully walk in. I'm adding this, not able to fully walk in who God says we are. So it's not about let me suppress it. It's literally let me journal it. Let me pray about it. Let me talk to someone about it. And then how do we weaken it? What she calls is you want to weaken the toxicity of the thought when you, so I'm sure Myra that you've had a hard day before, or you were going through something and just talking about it to somebody, you felt better. You were like, huh. yes. I feel lighter. I can go jog a marathon. Okay. And it's not that we don't still have those issues. It means the toxicity was weakened. Anytime we talk to somebody and we feel a weight lifted. So the second part would be identify what some of those thoughts may be. Ask why you have those thoughts, then work around them. Lord, how do I work around this? And then what is the truth? Is that thought a truth or a lie? It's probably a lie. And then Mm -hmm. tell yourself, what is the truth? Okay, the truth is that I 
don't have to be superwoman. The truth is, well, I do feel like I do. Well, is that the truth? Does the Lord say you have to be? And then the third thing after we identify, if we want to change and then we're identifying toxic thoughts and feel free to research Dr. Caroline Leaf. She has some great stuff out there. And then the third one is literally identifying what is the first step. Hmm. There's a definition of goal setting and solution-focused counseling that says, and I really like this, it says a goal should be the first step rather than the end result. Hmm. A goal should be the first step rather than the end result. And one of my coaches mentioned, like, if we write down lists and say, my goal is to get a car, my goal is this, she's like, well, if you've gotten a car before, that's not really a goal, that's a task. Maybe the goal is you want to save a certain amount of money for the down payment. Or a goal is this. So third thing, ladies, is what is it that you want to do? What does that look like? So for you, you may say, you know, if I could have 10 minutes at the end of each day for me to breathe, to watch something funny, to eat a cookie, to (laughs) do some yoga, whatever that is, maybe that's what you want to do. So what's the first step? to making that happen. The first step, for example, would be, let me find the time. Okay, so Myra, let's do role play real quick. Let's role play real quick. So Mm -hmm. let's let's find something that's small. Well, not small, um, something that's still significant, but not a huge step. So for you, what is something that you're like, you know what, for my self-care and to be a little bit less exhausted, what's one thing you think you'd like to do during the week? Um, I love being outside and either walking or biking. And I would love to do that on a daily, even if it was just a 15, 20 minute spin. Okay. Daily walking or biking. So keyword, you just use this or. So not the pressure to do both, not the pressure to walk every day, not the pressure to bike every day. And you said outside 15 or 20 minutes. Let me ask you, when is the best time to do that Monday through Friday and then Saturday, Sunday? Right. Generally in the mornings, um, all of those days, Monday through Sunday, if I can sneak out before my household gets going good, that's the best time. (laughs) And what time is that? Anywhere between six and seven. Okay. So I would challenge you and y'all, of course, me uh, walking this through Myra, this is like, I'm talking to y'all too. Okay. So just replace (laughs) Just a place bike ride and walking with something else. So Myra, I would encourage you to put in your calendar and block off six to seven, block mm-hmm. that whole time off every day and write and, and type in there, bike, 20 minute bike or bike ride or walking. So mm-hmm. that's, that would be first, first step is you identified when you said every day, then time. That's the second step. You were like time uh, between six and seven. The third, put it in your calendar. Then I would say the fourth would be to let your husband know. Right. Just He's aware of this. So if you happen to maybe still be gone until 705, that he already is aware and like, oh, okay, I know she's going to be back. So let me go on and do this. And that part of communication just to say, hey, hey, boo. um, Hey, pumpkin. So six to seven, I may not actually be out the door until 630, but six to seven is my fill in the blank time. And then the next step, step five, I would encourage is to remember that to celebrate every day you do it. And if you happen to not do it on one day, that's okay. So mm-hmm. look, I know that was a lot to go through just on one step, but that one step 
will, if we make it a consistent thing, imagine what your life, so Myra, what would your life look like in your opinion, if you were able to get out every morning, let's just say consistently five days a week, do a 15 minute walk or bike ride. What do you think your life would look like in let's say 45 days? Right. Um, definitely. I could see like some, maybe some physical weight loss. I would also be able just to feel, I think more calm and organized because I think that would be something for me that say, you know what, I accomplish this one thing every day and it would give me, I guess, encouragement to accomplish more throughout that day. You know, it would be like this, like every day I at least do this one thing by this time. And it would just make me feel like, you know what? You can go slay those other 10 things you have on your list. Facts, like hashtag facts. It is one of my, and last thing on this one, one of my coaches just said this thing the other day. She said, so there's something I want to encourage you all to do that I'm going to be honest. I know that only 1% of you are going to do it. And, <laughs> but if you do it, this is going to be a direct correlation to your success. Like she was very like, and I'm thinking, what is it? It's going to be like NASA formulas. What's she about to tell us? Literally, she encouraged us to write our affirmations every day in the morning, mm -hmm. like write them down every day and then write something called the evidence journal, the evidence of what you saw that day to helping you reach these goals or reach these affirmations. And I bring that up to say very often the things that aren't as difficult or, you know, may not be just extra challenging are the things that we need to do because it's the consistency of what matters. Someone messaged me and I've been helping her the last 21 days with her self-care. And she said, for the first time this morning, Getting up and doing my self-care morning routine felt natural and not forced. Right. Oh my gosh. Like this is someone just 21 days who was, was antsy, not thinking she was doing anything right because she was trying to be perfect in every area, but just incorporating a consistent morning routine has changed her life in these last 20, 21 days. Yeah. So there that you was go. perfect. And you know, like overall, what I heard you say is that you have to make a plan for these themes that seem so lofty and impossible. It literally starts with a plan and then the first step of that plan. And that's just it. And I think that oftentimes we feel that life is just happening to me and I can't slow it down. I can't change it. It just is what it is. But what I heard you say is it's the first step and then do the next one and then the next one. Yep. So, Huh, well, good stuff. So one thing I know about you, Dr. G, is that you are um, unapologetically confident. And oftentimes women are afraid to be confident because we are afraid that it will be confused or perceived as conceit. So tell me how you have gone on this journey and have come confident in being confident. Yeah. So one thing, a quote that a friend of mine said is your opinion of me is none of my business. So <laughs> look, it, it, I can't, I can't control how people perceive me and doesn't mean that I don't get my feelings hurt. It doesn't mean that I'm not mindful of stuff, but what I had to realize is, so I spent, I think 2015 worried about what I thought people were thinking about me, not what they said, what I thought they were thinking and how I just got on this journey. And I, I have, I'll say this, I 
have been on a true walking in freedom journey for probably the last two and a half years. I've always been confident-ish here and there, but I remember when I was a professor at one of the universities in 2013, my students said, Dr. G, you're so confident. Everybody always said that to me. And I was like, I am. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you don't think you are? I was like, "Mm -mm, I'm just being me. Because I got these struggles behind the scenes. And I think for me, what it, what, how I started walking in the freedom of realizing this is number one, God created me with this personality, with these looks, with these abilities or the ability to learn stuff. And it does no good for me to hide this. Also, he's blessed me with different gifts in order to bless other people. I believe that we've all been given gifts and gifts are here to be given, like we're blessed to bless other people. And I just, I just walk in it. Like I can't be anybody else, but me. I tried for a moment at, for example, as a professor, since I mentioned that a few seconds ago, as a professor, first semester teaching at a university, I, day one, I played my theme song, which is called never find another lady quite like me. Hey, hey. And literally, <laughs> and literally that's a song that a young man and his friend created for me for events that I used to host for women. And I played that song on the first day. I talked about myself and family and they were like, we've never seen a professor like me. Well, because I wasn't as confident then, this is about seven, eight years ago. I said, I'm never doing that again. I'm already one of the youngest professors here and youngest, one of the only youngest and black professors here. I'm not trying to stand out. Nobody else has a theme song. Nobody else comes in rapping during their first day. The next semester, I did not play the song. And my students said, Dr. Hillary, wait, where's your music? I was like, what? Y'all don't even know me. Yeah, but that's what everybody said about you. Like they talked about that and loved it. And it was in that moment I said, okay, then I will never hide my true personality as a professor or speaker again. My clients will say, so are you fully yourself? Like at even corporate events, when you do corporate trainings, I'm like, for show. And I might say for show. Okay. (laughs) And I think it's just been lessons and learning and that I used to try to attach my worth to a weight. And even though I have weight loss goals, my worth is not in a number. And that's taken me a long time. Real talk has taken me a long time to even get to this point. So just confident in who God created me to be because there is freedom in this, but not just freedom for me. I have learned that in my confidence, it's given so many people permission to be who they are. I didn't plan that, but I can't tell you, especially black women who've come up to me after events and said, I've never seen a black woman like you in in this space, sharing like you shared. And you had this room of, and this is language they shared, you had this room of white folks respecting you and listening to you, though I've never seen it. I hear that all the time. And I just thought, huh. So there's freedom even for other people in my freedom. Exactly. I I mean, because I have to say that I am one of those people that in seeing you present and in knowing the platform that you have and in knowing that the corporations that you work with and knowing that what she dances and plays this music (laughs) in front of like these businessmen in suits but I think that it has given me the freedom and the confidence to just be me but knowing that it's authentic and I'm not trying to be anything but then it's also tied with solid content and so people respect that because not only is it 
is it authenticity but then it is just encased in this solid solid content and the message is received that much more so yeah I appreciate you helping me to be okay with being me because you know sometimes you have this like should I change how I talk change how I act and you can get so just like I don't know just stuck and focused on how I should recreate myself to be that your message just gets lost and that's when you really get nervous presenting is like when you're trying to create this person that you are presenting in form of and not just yourself so you have totally helped me with that (laughs) oh yay because I I I think the first time I saw you lead a full workshop was at that boys conference about six or four five six years ago and I was like, oh, I might have even said something to you like, oh, uh-uh, you're good. Wait a minute. You know, it was something like that. And it's, I love that you also said, and along with solid content, which is something I encourage all my speaker clients like, y'all, yes, be yourself on stage and know what you're talking about and have amazing content and, you know, make sure you practice. I appreciate you saying that. Yes, ma'am. Yes. And so I also heard you talk about just you have been supporting a lot more um, people, specifically women during this COVID season. Um, A lot of us are just struggling, (laughs) struggling with all different areas, but it's just all COVID related. So to the woman who is just saying I'm around my family so much and it's smothering me or to the woman who's saying that I am just um, low on funds and this is a different season for me. So just give us some COVID encouragement. Absolutely. So the first thing is. So to remember that this world has experienced trauma collectively. We have experienced trauma in that we're in the midst of a national pandemic or international pandemic. There's also a lot of social unrest going on. So that's one. The second is to know that it is pretty much impossible to work at the same level that we were working prior to COVID. It just, it just, it really is because the world has changed the immediate changes, right? So think about how hard it is for you. If you have children, imagine the, the pain for them or watching them and saying, oh my goodness, now my kids are here or I have to take them or things have changed. So it's just being gentle with yourself. Say that again. No, I'm sorry. I think that was just a little bit of feedback. Go ahead. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. And it's so it's one that the other one I would say is to be gentle with you during this time, to be gentle and say, I am not able to do what I once did at that capacity. And that's okay. I'm in a whole different space right now. And if you feel to your first point about, I feel smothered, I love my family, but I feel smothered. So then this is where it comes into creating some necessary boundaries. And it may be hard initially. What I mean, I'll give you a prime example. So my sister is amazing. She calls herself the COO of her household and house full of boys. And what she started doing years ago is now it's a little bit later now that the oldest one is 10, but what she started doing was having them all go down for bed at seven 30. 
because she says, I want to end my night with just a little bit of time for me. I want to watch a comedy because she wants to be in bed by 10 at the latest because she knows that they're going to wake her up at about seven. (laughs) Right. And so she had to be very intentional and say, I've got to get the boys in bed by seven 30, which means it'll really be eight o'clock. So she can then go sit down and give herself a moment. She also made the decision at one point to have a full day or half a day for her on Thursdays. And she did say it it was a hard conversation that I had to have with my husband to say, I need this time. I need this time on this Thursday so I can just do something for me. And yes, it worked out and it was fine, but they had to create that boundary and she had to bring it up. So my encouragement is if you know that you need some time, ladies, you have got to request it and demand it. And I mean that, of course, respectfully, I'm not telling you to just go buck wild and leave the house. Don't do that. (laughs) But I am saying, if you know that you need that moment, I'll tell you. So for those of you who are moms, this is what I shared with someone just the other day. She wants to, similar to you, Myra, she wants to wake up and do quiet time and go walking. And she says, that's just not possible every morning because I have little ones. My encouragement to her was, well, how about this? Maybe when you're, little one sits down to be on a tablet or watch a TV show while they're watching it. You do something for you right there. You have your quiet time right there. And she emailed me and said, I did that today. And it was so great. I never even considered that. I said, take advantage and maybe give them an hour of screen time and that'll give you a nap. Or you mention and say, okay, everybody, I'm going to let y'all watch Paw Patrol. Mom is taking a nap. My sister, it's awesome to hear her. She has particular times in the day where it's just her time. And I'll hear, I'll call her and I'll hear a knock on the door. And she's like, Kai, I have five more minutes. Yes, sir. Mom, I just wanted to talk. Kai, five more minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's, it's demanding that because if you don't have it, you're not good for your family. So I would say moms or an amazing women, if you're exhausted and things are connect, the exhaustion is connected to your family, you've got to demand self first and then have the conversation with your family and or the husband or partner about five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. And then on the funds. So if there's funds that are, that are running low, Here's the thing that I got from the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he said, instead of saying, I can't afford, say, how can I afford? Mm -hmm. So if you want to get your nails done, for example, and that's $40 or $50, and you just know, I don't have the money. Well, how can I make it work? Shoot. Do I need to watch a YouTube and figure out how to do my own nails? Right. need to just learn how to look at the natural glow of my regular nail color. Uh, (laughs) How do I do this for me? There were times I wanted to travel and during certain seasons of my financial life, I wasn't able to, but it still didn't mean I did not travel. Look, last year in February, Myra, uh, I paid off my car December uh, 2018. And I was like, I I'm going somewhere. I need a trip, but I want to use the money for the car note for this trip. So it's $500. My, my bougie cheap tail was like, I want an international 10 day trip lodging <laughs> and flight included for $500. And you know what? I found it. I got a round trip to Panama for 240 found lodging for 10 days for 240. Hello. So wow. it, I could not afford it. I just had to figure out how I could. Okay. 
<laughs> yes, I think you have another budding career for a travel agent behind the scenes, ma'am. <laughs> you know, so I actually did pursue that for a moment last year. I did. And for me, I looked at the time commitment for me just wasn't worth it. I just I had so many other things going on, but I eventually might look at just putting out a blog again later on just with tips because I did my a 30 day trip to Cartagena, Colombia flight and lodging was $650. Exactly. That was amazing. Yeah. See, listen, and um, my listeners, you were going to be one of my original um, podcast guests. And at the beginning of all this COVID nonsense, and we were going to talk about travel. But when yeah. all of this popped off, I'm like, you know what, it is not going to be timely to be talking about traveling when everything at that point was shutting completely down. But you will be back, Dr. G. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you do some amazing travel and you do this um, as a single woman. And so I just want to hit it from that angle when I invite you back. So, Let's do. yes, ma'am. And so just to wrap up, what I would love for you to do and just to speak to the ladies about what you authentically feel. This is a term that everyone is using, but what is best life living and how can we in just a general sense, work to achieve that? Ooh, I love the question. I'm going to give it to you in two parts. I think best life living part one comes from a statement that I heard someone mention the other day and the state or the question is, have you made peace with who you are and have you made peace with where you are? Hmm. And loved that question because making peace with who and where you are doesn't mean that I don't want more, that I don't have goals, that I don't you know, do this work, but it just means I'm at peace with where I am because if I'm never at peace with where I am, that means I probably will never be at peace with where I am. So for example, if you are single and desire to be married, but you're not at peace right now with being a single woman, there's a chance that you won't experience peace in that marriage because you're connecting your peace and your worth to a person. And that's not fair. If you are thinking that I won't experience peace until I have a certain amount of money, there's a chance money does make things better, but there's a chance that I remember in a hard financial moment for me, I was very upset and then realizing that I never wanted to feel that way about money again. My financial situation did not change. It was how I felt about it. I had to realize you've sustained me. Lord, you've kept me. I'm at peace. So it's, are you at peace with your life? And if not, I would encourage you to to pray about that, to think about that. Doesn't mean you don't want more. Doesn't mean you don't want things to change, but no, I'm good. So that's the first is how do we live authentic? Be at peace with who and where you are. And the second one is to define for you what it means to live well. And it's different for every person. It's different. As I mentioned, for me, it's being spiritually, mentally, physically healthy, open and fully present. What does that even look like? Okay, physical is water and moving and trying to eat better, but that's what it is. And the bonus one I'll add is being striving to be in a state of gratitude. Gratitude mm -hmm. research has shown literally helps our brain. Like gratitude is a part of mental self-care and to think about for what I'm grateful. Research has also shown that if we wake up in the morning and say out loud, thank you, 
Like I challenge y'all tomorrow morning, wake up and just say, thank you. I don't think you could do it without smiling. And for those of you who are believers, if you wake up and just first thing out of your mouth is thank you, Jesus, or good morning, Jesus, you really can't say that without smiling. And so to wake up and say, thank you, it doesn't mean that things aren't hard. It doesn't mean that I don't desire more, but saying thank you. And bonus number two and final bonus is remembering that you can be grateful and in pain at the same time. You can do both at the same time. There's this misconception that I have to be happy all the time, that I have to be this amazing at everything all the time. That's not what it is. Some days I'm going to be in pain over this and grateful about this. Some days I'm going to be an A, well, I'm not a wife, but wives, you're going to be an A wife and then a B mom and C friend, D self-care. There may be a D wife the next day, an A mom. You know what I mean? Like it's the rhythm of things. And to encompass all of what I just shared, it's just be gentle with you. Just Mm. be gentle you on this journey and remember you're not supposed to be perfect you're not perfect we're not meant to be perfect and what you're doing is more than enough right now you're doing much better than you think you are and I know that without even knowing you I can tell you you're doing much better than you think you are so be gentle and just continue to breathe Woo! Talking about thank you, Dr. G, because so many women, Kristen, need to hear that, need to Mm. hear the you are doing good. You have given it your all. Kudos to you. You're not perfect, but you're great. So many women need to be um, spoken to that way because this world, whether it be your job, your family, um, your friends will tell you that there is always more that you can do. And so sometimes it is so refreshing and refueling to hear someone say just good job so I appreciate that ladies in the middle you are doing a good job um and Dr. G I'm sure that after hearing you so many of my ladies would love to know what are you doing where can they find you so I want to give you a minute or two just to tell the ladies what's going on with you absolutely and Myra good job and and I mean that you are receive it and not just with the podcast but you are like look we don't we don't talk like that often or every day every month but I see you and I see your heart for women and your family and um and and all of that and so you are I I commend you for everything and ladies you are doing a good job there's always going to be somebody we can compare ourselves to there's always going to be somebody doing more in our opinion but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know where their mental health is. So ladies, breathe. You're doing great. I would love to stay in contact and connect with you all. So my Instagram is Dr. G Speaks, D-R-G Speaks. You can find me, same thing, if you type Dr. G Speaks on Facebook as well. And the two, I have two events or projects coming up. On October 14th, I am launching something I had no plan of doing just three weeks ago, but (laughs) it was put on my spirit and it's an experience specifically for single women to live life well now. Hmm. Very often there seems to be pressure from self society or the church that makes single women feel as if, as though we are less than, or feel as though marriage is varsity and single is JV when no, both are varsity. (laughs) 
And it's not that you're elevating. It's not that, oh, marriage is PhD level. No, that's not it. Both are blessings. Marriage hmm. is a blessing. Single is a blessing. But I see far too many brilliant, beautiful, talented, single women not living life well because they think something's wrong with them because they're not married. They're dimming down their light. They're not pursuing goals because society has said that you can't buy a house, get a degree, own a business, solo travel as a single woman because men won't want you. I had that. People said that to me, but I desire for women just to live well. So ladies, if you are a single woman or if you know a single woman who desires to, or you desire to live life well, my five week series, a live series. So it's like literally going to be talking to me and other stuff. We start on October 14th and we're going to go through things such as developing your live well plan. We're going to detox some toxic thoughts. We're going to talk about how to dive into our friendships and goals and how to use our voice and so much community. Anyway, I would love to invite you there. Very nominal investment on that. You can learn all the information on my website, which is kristengillory.com, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-G-U-I-L-L-O-R-Y.com. You can also find it on the Instagram page. So that's October 14th. It's called Yes, Three A's. And that yes, y'all, you got to get it. Yes, the three A's. <laughs> yes, live well, a five-week experience for single women. The second thing I have coming up in December, I am, as I mentioned, a speaker coach. I support speakers and those who want to make income and make an impact with their voices. I am hosting a five-day challenge for speakers in December. Stay tuned for that. That'll be announced in December. So if you have a desire to share your voice, to monetize your story and your talk and to walk in the freedom of who you are on stage, I would love to support you there. And then I'll announce my next boot camps and my 90-day program. So yes, I'd love to connect. Thank you, Myra, so much. Yes, ma'am. As you all can see, ladies, um, Dr. Kristen Guillory just has so much depth to her. And that depth is just um, just encased in authenticity. So make sure to follow her on all the platforms. And um, if something specifically speaks to you that you would love to connect with her on a more one on one basis, please do so. You will not be disappointed um, because it is all about professional and personal growth with her. And ladies, because we know that getting older with style and grace ain't easy, but somebody got to do it. Why not us? And why not you? And as always, choose to make it a great day.